Hello, and welcome back to the Century Podcast. Today is September 18th, 2020. My name is Victoria, and today we are sitting down with an LSUA student who had published two pieces in our LSUA literary journal, The Jongleur. We discuss her play, Better Off Dead, which won third place in prose, and we also talk about her poem that won an honorable mention in poetry, I Hope You Never Ask for Creamer. Um, we do talk about some slightly, you know, maybe sensitive stuff, so I will put any disclaimers in the description, but uh, I hope you join us, and thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, Trinise, how's it going? It's going good. Going good. Glad to hear that. Um, so today I wanted to discuss with you your two pieces that had been published in last year's The Jongleur. Um, so the first piece that I that you know really, really popped out at me is the Better Off Dead play. So um, one thing I really wanted to ask, what was your inspiration behind writing that play? Um, the inspiration behind that one was, um, I think it was, um, whenever I was like, um, just out of high school, I kind of wasn't really happy. I was kind of extremely depressed because I just went through some traumatic events mm -hmm. and I was staying, I stayed at my uncle's um, house, house that summer and I would literally lock myself up in the room, not leave out this not even feel like getting out and I remember I was watching Cross Force I think it was Vision Cross Force and they were talking about the yellow wallpaper mm -hmm. and it was a story about for people who don't know it's a story about a woman whose husband locked her up in a room and the only thing that she could really focus on is some yellow wallpaper in the room and it's pretty much about like women's mental health and how I was not taken seriously or well enough so I was like wow um I guess she's lucky, and I guess I was just like my weird way of thinking. I was like, well, she's lucky because at least she was forced in there by someone. Meanwhile, for me, I'm forced myself to be in this room by myself. I'm I'm the one who's locked myself in here. So the room also did have yellow wallpaper in there, too, the room that I was staying in. So um, I was taking creative writing on campus. I was taking Dr. Arlai's class. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Dr. Ally, for letting me take the class. Um, I'll let him know so, you wrote about it. You uh, talked about it. Yeah. So, um, he was like, so, um, the assignment was, um, I'm saying a lot. Um, <laughs> um the assignment was to write a 10 minute play and let it be a dramatic piece. So, I'm like, okay, I'm the queen of drama, so let me do this. <laughs> so, I'm sitting down trying to write and then I had that memory of being I locked myself in the room all the time I'm like huh I could do something with that so I kind of like started writing um actually have like the little note that I kind of wrote whenever I came up with it right here um mm -hmm. like I remember right I wrote down act one act two I wrote like the whole entire outline stuff and yeah I'm just finished how it came to be Oh yeah, and also, also, I had just recently um, looked into Chanel Miller's um, rape case with um, Brock Turner and um, Stanford University. So I was also slightly inspired by that. Hang on, you said you wrote for what? 
Um, sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, um, no, no. I'm sorry. I just. Brush, oh. I'm. I'm still trying to like it, catch up. But it, what was that again? It was. I was also slightly inspired by the um, Stanford rape case. Okay. You know, with Brock Turner and Chanel Miller, I was also slightly, slightly inspired by that. Yeah. Because like um that whole case was really messed up, especially since um it seemed that they kept trying to put the blame on her entirely. Oh. And which also whenever I was in that depressed state, I was also putting the blame entirely on myself. Like, oh I I'm the one who caused my own trauma. It's my fault. So that's that pretty much like the inspiration for it. So your pieces are tied really, really closely to women's health and um what re- women experience and how that affects them in their daily life uh very much yeah. you know especially in their mental health right um yes but more specifically in the way that they're kind of like not cared for after dealing with traumatic events right because right. for some reason we live in a society to where like we don't care but we kind of care mm-hmm. um i don't know how to explain this really i know but that I know, like, uh, when it comes on Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. Well, I know that like right now there's a lot of people that are accusing, you know, people that they're they're making accusations on men that have, you know, sexually abused them in the past. And right now it's such a controversial topic because there's so many people that are for either side, believe all women or don't believe all women. But I don't think that that is the what we should be taking away from this incident, the, 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 the thing that we really should be taking away is, you know, this has been covered up for so long. We need to figure out how to handle these things healthy, healthily, how to help the women and how to put the people that are actually responsible for these situations, you know, held accountable. But it's, it's yeah. not, and it's not meant to be a witch hunt. It's meant to be, this is how we help the people that have been wronged for so long. That's what I take away from it anyway. Also, yeah. Yeah. Um, which also kind of feel like we live in a society to where we care more of what happened to the person, to the criminal than we do to the victim. Like, Oh, I hope, I hope the criminal do time in jail, but no one really acts like, Hey, did the victim get therapy? Like, I hope they're okay. Like no one really acts that at all. It's like, no, I just want the guy who did dead and stuff like that. And it's like, I hope the victim's okay. Like, I hope they're mentally fine and that they're fine, like, okay. Because the way that the justice, oh, sorry. The way that the um, justice system works, um, the way, um, it kind of makes the victim relive their trauma. Because I remember I was reading Janelle Miller's victim impact statement. She was the victim of um, the Stanford rape trial. Mm-hmm. And she talked about how come she was kind of forced to relive her trauma, which is why towards the end of the play, um, the char- the woman character says, like, I'll be put back in this room by the judge, by the police, and by him, and by complete strangers. Because, like, yeah, they'll force them to relive their trauma. They'll force them to blame themselves again and stuff like that, which is an issue that victims of trauma go through. That's that's a really good take, actually. That's uh, It's very important that we do remember the victims and their mental health, you know, just as importantly as remember those that have been wronged. 
you know, and seeing the accusers being put away. So like, that's a very, that's a very interesting take. Like, and I can see that in your story. I see that in um, the woman who, you know, can you give us a little bit of a rundown about what your play is about? Okay, so the play, which is my favorite Ashley summarizing play, is the woman trapped in the room. Like, she was trapped in a room, she wakes up in there, and she's like, okay, where am I? The last thing I remember last night was, was being at a party with my friends, mm-hmm. and now I'm in this room, I can't remember a single thing. And slowly she started doing the pieces together. She realized she was assaulted the night before. And now she is in the room trying to figure out how to get out and how to deal with her trauma. Right, right. And it has, um, I know that uh, she has to face a mirror that has, that is, is as her um, past is written on the mirror. Can you talk about that part a little bit more? Because that, that made me really curious. I can't repeat. I can't really hear you. The um the part in the the play is that she faces a mirror and on the mirror the word past is written on it. And she she's it really confuses her. But it's it just it was a very interesting, you know, part that was in there. Could you probably uh, explain that bit a little bit more? Wait, do you mean the mirror that says past on it or the yeah. book that says past life? Okay, so the book that says past life, um, I kind of got that idea because, like, I know whenever it comes down to dealing with trauma, and by the way, that's pretty much, like, the whole premise of the thing is mainly trauma and can be applied to any form of trauma. But, um, I was thinking about how some, like, once someone has experienced tra- a traumatic event, they're never the same again. Like, whatever happened to them, like to them before that's a whole entirely different person yeah which yeah. also i kind of drew inspiration for chanel chanel miller in yeah. that case because like um she was like yeah i used to be happy and go go and go and i'm going and now i'm just kind of like depressed mm-hmm. which isn't fun um so i kind of just want to like pay a lot of attention to that because people think like oh so like you got over your trauma so that means you became normal again it's like no that normal is gone it's not existent which is what I was kind of hoping to actually pay, give attention to. Which is why she kind of takes the um, book with her, mm-hmm. in a sense, because um, at that point, like, all her old pictures are kind of taken out. Yeah. yeah. So she brings it with her to start a new life. Yeah. And you're right. I'm sorry. I had misread it. It was the photo album that said passed on it. Somehow, I somehow like, in my mind, it bled together. So thank you for, thank you for clarifying that. Um, yeah, it's fine. And um, I really, I think it's very, it's very well structured how you did the actual script itself. Can you, like, do you have any inspirations of uh, people that have written plays before that have kind of influenced your writing in this piece? This might come to a surprise, but I don't read plays often. Like, really? Um. I don't read, yeah, I don't read plays often, but this wasn't the very, this wasn't the first play I read because um, the high school I went to, I was in the creative writing program, so we had to write our own plays. Mm-hmm. Also, it did help with the fact that I do have a little bit of experience with performing on the stage a little bit, this mm-hmm. amateurish experience. So I pretty much like took the terminology that terminology and stuff that I already knew and applied it here. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I kind of don't get that much inspiration, but. Yeah, it's just pretty much past experience. Wow. Well, then I commend you on your ability to write such a very, very um, 
a very well articulated play because like all of the different play, the pieces that are there that are supposed to be there like they're very very clear they're very they're very well done this was a very well done play thank you do you I ever mean, also help with the fact that oh sorry go ahead go ahead i'm sorry no, it's fine. Um, it also helps with the fact that I was that I'm really into poetry, so um, poetry also um involves pressure. It also involves um a lot of industry and stuff. So I was able to apply those skills onto the play as well. Speaking of poetry, I did want to also touch on your honorable mention in poetry. I hope you never asked for creamer. Could we touch on that for a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um. Do you want me to explain what the poem is about? Yes, yes, please. That would be, that'd be really, really nice. Okay, so I Hope You Never Asked for Creamer is a play about, it's about a narrator noticing how someone buys just a black coffee and they usually have the creamer in themselves. And the poem, poem kind of goes into colorism and how that affects people with dark skin which I think is a very, which I think colorism is a very important topic for um for us to actually talk about. All righty. Um. So, what's your what through this poem? What is it that you're trying to say about colorism? Um. What I'm trying to say with the poem is to love yourself and to just like ignore Eurocentric beauty standards because it's kind of stupid. Just like not really love yourself as who you are because sadly we live in a world where if you're if you have dark skin you're not considered to be beautiful you're not considered to be approachable so you should just like get rid of that dark skin and i really want to just tell people like no your skin is beautiful and you should be able to enjoy who you are no matter how people say that's ugly and that's bad Alrighty, and um, well, I guess it, I don't know if this is okay for me to ask or not. But uh, you being, you know, a woman of color, you and you have had to deal with uh, issues like that before, right? Is is this tied to experience, or is this just outside experiences that um, you have seen through other people? Um, a mixture of both, I guess. Um, for me, when I was little, I thought. After like dealing with Aaron for the first time, I constantly dealt with like um white guys telling me that I was really ugly because I was black. And I remember at some point when oh um I got into like because first I can want to like make like little videos, music videos and stuff. I remember I there was like a part where I need to like um bang my show my hands in front of the camera. Yeah. But then I thought no, no one wants to see my hands there ugly and they're dirty and stuff so i got my younger sister who has really light skin to get in front of the camera for me so i just put myself in front of it because i thought i was ugly and pretty much from this poem i kind of like know that like um a lot of people deal with colorism mm-hmm. um one of my mom's childhood friends dealt with it a lot they would constantly get bullied and constantly be told that they was ugly because they were the darkest person within the group um also, whenever I wrote the poem, I was doing research on colorism because I was interested in it because no one ever seems to talk about it, talk about it up to a point that whenever I would take that up on my phone, it would try to correct it as if it's not really a word. So I 
kind got inspired by that research and personal experiences. Wow. Yeah, no, I definitely see those influences in it. Um, but I definitely like, you know, the direction you took in your poem. It it doesn't just, you know, say embrace who you are. It romant like through your poem, this is how I kind of interpret it. It just romanticizes mm-hmm. the beauty of women who are really dark and that you don't want them to, you know, you don't want them to have to feel like they have to be lighter. Hence the uh the creamer part. Yeah. yeah, because like I kind of know well because most of us was research. Um, fortunately for me, I outside like dealing with like um just um racist white people telling me that my skin is ugly. I never really dealt with colorism as much per- personally. Yeah, because I will admit like um I, I never truly learned colorism from other black men telling me like oh no you're ugly because you have dark skin. No, because looking for me, I grew up in a family where um where we didn't do that. So um I was really inspired by um doing research into the topic a little bit and, and they will talk about how some cream people would do um skin creamers to make their skin lighter and more prettier, especially in Asia they would do that a lot. And also I think they do that a little bit in Nigeria. I think they do. Like wow. a lot of like pe- people of color do that, and I think it's really sad. So one day I was taking some coffee, had some creamer to it. I'm like, oh, this kind of like reminds me of colorism. So I kind of wrote the poem. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, that that line is very strongly there. It's a very very strong metaphor. Which yeah, I think it's I think it's a beautiful metaphor. Thank you. So this is kind of your message to those people that might be affected by colorism, right? Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for your contributions to The Jongler. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for writing to that. Thank you for putting your art out there for the world. I know it's a very, very vulnerable thing to do, but they're both very beautiful pieces Uh from a very, very lovely woman. So I wanted to thank you for that. Thank you. All righty. Well, I think that wraps it up for this podcast. Is there any final thoughts you wanted to leave with us? Um, follow me on Instagram. It's, it's made by Trinice. That's my Instagram. Please follow me. <laughs> All righty, Trinice. <laughs> um, well, that is it for this podcast. Uh, thank you for listening in, and I will see you next time.